Good evening, everyone. My name is Hank Sutterlow. And I'm Brian Edwards. And we're here with another fun episode of Midnight Meanderings on Stir Crazy Shamans. Welcome, everyone. We already have some uh, some people to check in to say hello. Hello, Angela. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, and my apologies to some of the listeners. Casey and I haven't been on hardly at all in like the last week because we were busy with the Shaman Apprenticeship. We uh, we had our Hatan Karpai initiation this past weekend, and we were just busy doing all kinds of shenanigans and everything. Uh, but what we really want to hear about, I already know the answer, but we have to uh, do it on air here. Tell us about your court case. Oh yeah, I well, well, first, well, well, first, um, be, in, in case people haven't didn't know why you had to go to court, why don't you tell us how you ended up in court in the first place, and then you can tell us what happened at court. Uh yeah, that was. Um, ah. so I was at the beach, uh, and this was you now granted during kind of the early stages of the idiot apocalypse. They had just locked everything down, and. It was really stupid. Everybody was not listening to any of the lockdown over here. In Pune, nobody cares. Now, you go up to the north, Javi, oh, man, they're freaking uptight up there. They, like, won't hug you because social, social distancing. Yeah, okay. Um, no one in North Kohala got COVID. Uh, no, one, no one on Hawaii has died of COVID. Uh, so it's really ridiculous. Even to this day, we still have to wear masks and stuff if we want to go into a store. Uh, but <clears throat> I was at the beach one day, and I was cracking open a, a coconut. I was right next to my car. I had my swim trunks on, which didn't actually need them. It's a nude beach. But anyhow, I, I had my swim trunks on. I had my towel and, you know, sitting there on the seat. The, the cops roll up. I mean, two cop cars kind of just barricade the parking lot and they walk up and hand me a ticket or they say, you know, basically say, uh, haven't you heard that, you know, the blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't even remember what his lame. I'm like, well, I thought you're legally allowed to swim. Oh, you are. But you're loitering. So here's a ticket. So I'm like, are you kidding me? I was so peeved. So anyhow, finally, I get to court. And I, I call them like, do I have to go to court? They're like, yeah, you have to go to court. And I was, I was peeved. So I, I <laughs> get all dressed up, heading to court. And um, I looked like I was wearing a freaking tuxedo compared to most everybody. I was wearing a nice Hawaiian shirt and a set of slacks and uh, some nice sandals. Everybody else was wearing like board shorts, ripped up T-shirts and pluggers. Um, or they call them slippers here, but flip-flops. Um yeah, uh, listening to court cases in Hawaii is super interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, some of the stuff you, I mean, one of the most interesting ones was I think a 12 or 13 year old that got busted for driving without a license and no insurance. <laughs> oh, okay, but what happened about your case? Oh, oh, yeah. So they finally, after sitting through hours and hours of mundane dross, they finally got to mine. They called me up and they're like, okay, Brian Edwards, are you Brian Edwards? Yes. They, okay, pull up his file. Oh, and they like, they got this really weird look. They're like, oh, uh, dismissed. And like, they didn't even let me say anything, I, <laughs> which is a good thing, you know, and it actually is a really powerful spiritual lesson for me. No, I was I'm, expecting you'd have to go in and actually like fight. And I know you were prepared to really kind of a uh, not attack, but like give yourself a good fight to get out of it. Yeah, go the f off on them for breaking constitution law and all, all that fun stuff. So yeah, I was I was like, I'm like, okay, well, I'll do this smart. I'll uh, you know say what I'm thinking without being a dick. And. Um, yeah, I didn't get to say anything, so I was upset. I was going to tell them exactly how it was, what happened, and how that was an egregious violation of rights and just absolute absurdity, and they let it go. 
they like dismissed it immediately. I didn't get to say anything besides, yep, I'm Brian. Uh, and it was really weird how quickly they they dismissed it. And they like were almost surprised when they pulled up my file. So I, I don't know what that was about. But um, as I'm walking out, I'm like still really upset. I'm like, I wanted to tell them. I, I wanted to give them a piece of my mind. And I'm like, wait a second. How much of my life is caught up in this? You know, like how much I get what I want, but I'm upset that I didn't have to fight for it. What? No. Life flows to me <laughs> with joy and ease and glory. Oh, my goodness. I didn't have to fight for it. Wow. How great is that? You know, that brings up a good point because, uh, well, you brought up the access of, uh, or the mantra of access. But some people, when they're getting together, they'll actually be fighting about who has things worse in life. And, oh, my gosh, I had to go fight for this. Oh, I, you think that's bad. I had to go do this. And you find people actually arguing about how hard they have it, where if it's something like this comes along, it's just like, whoo. Yeah, like just take it and and don't don't complain. Uh, well, first Angela said that's awesome, and then she called you a lucky bastard. Laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't have to fight because I was kind of worried that if you like uh, put up a big fight or something, they might throw you in contempt of court, and you, then you missed the stream, and then I would you know we would disappoint everybody for you not being on. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that you would ever go over the line or anything like that. <laughs> I, you know, this this might have, you know, I, I'm, I'm good at like walking the line and being professional when it's called for and, you know, being in the Marine Corps, you know how to you know speak to people that outrank you and all this and that. But, uh, you know, with, with this egregious violation of rights, I probably might not have stuck to what they would have liked to hear and um so yeah I, i'm i'm lucky that i didn't have to say anything uh yeah and, I, and, and how many cases did they have to listen to before yours was anybody else's like the loitering type of thing that got thrown out uh no no all of them were like double the speed limit and driving without a license and driving without license plates that's a huge thing here <laughs> Who would have Driving thought? without insurance. Uh, All right. Well, what else is going on in your world besides uh, the court case? I know that's a, a good thing, but I'm sure you've been up to other shenanigans. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that, that court case really taught me, you know, it really made me take a look at my life and go, wait a second. Why do I want it to be hard? I want it to flow with joy and ease and glory. So, um, then I'm like, okay, it kind of changed my perception for the week. And I was like, okay. So then on the solstice and eclipse day, uh, I think around noon here was when the eclipse happened. I was on the top of Mauna Kea. I actually went with a caravan and we're uh, going with a kahuna from sacred site to sacred site. We went to different heiaos and did blessings and we ascended the mountain that was a really cool experience uh we all piled in the back of pickup trucks and we're riding <laughs> up the mountain uh yeah I, I had my mesa with me i had uh my flute and my shell and uh, we had a beautiful ceremony up there and uh another friend of mine showed up and she's spiritual and she just wanted alone time at the mountain so i said hey can i catch a ride back down and she said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I got to hang out at the mountain longer. And then uh, I was I wanted uh, some alone time and peace and quiet up there. But then another group came up, and I actually ended up doing a healing for them. They had no idea what anything about the spiritual realms and gave them kind of their first taste. And they, they were kind of asking what happened up here, what's all the this altar, basically, or the heiau at the top, and they're asking questions. So... I saw my in and I started filling them in and talked about the ceremony and the connection and uh, then did some healing for them. So it was a pretty cool introduction. Very uh, cool. Well, for the solstice, we actually, uh, Zane was coming up, we had to delay the whole apprenticeship program that normally starts in April. And we were doing the Hatan Karpai, the first two weekend worth of initiations all on the solstice. And you know where um, Fort Hill is? Do you remember that? From our area yeah. 
so you know like so for the people who don't know where it is there's this little spot uh, close to where i live that it's a big ridge and at the very top there's earthworks and they're kind of fenced off it's not like mounds but they're it's just uh something that was built but not necessarily burial mounds right and but so like if you know like it's like a triangle and there's like a big ridge on or a big drop off on each side and then the steps and we had just we were right behind the fence uh building a despacho for the wind and a despacho for the sun like really opening up to introduce ourselves to all the nature spirits and infuse ourselves with the energy and right after the despachos were done we were just going off to the side a deer i i, I swear like just manifested out of thin air and it was right where their despacho was and it jumped the fence it looked like it was eating some of my peruvian bay leaves so i'm like oh he's gonna be be um, up all night, right? And then, <laughs> so, and, and left, and Zane was just like, wow, that's like a, a really powerful omen because one of the spirits that you're you're uh, kind of calling in, it begins with a T, like Terracuna, something like that, where they are these uh, nature beings that are, uh, that you appeal to and they can physically manifest like that. So it was just a really, really powerful uh, sign. And it was the first time doing this that it's not like freezing because normally we start in April and of course in Cleveland, it's still snowing a lot of times. And you know, from your apprenticeship, we almost couldn't make it out on the boat to go to the the winery where the ca crystal cave was. Uh, oh, yeah. but, but, not, but now we're doing it all in the solstice and it added a, a great potency to the work. Plus the eclipse, plus there was stuff going on with the moon. It was just a really potent and powerful time. Yeah, absolutely. This a lot of people here, the Kahunas and everybody are talking about how powerful this time is and how there's going to be massive changes. Do they do they give any insight as to what they think the changes are? Or is it just they just are um, acknowledging everything's in flux? Consciousness. Uh, basically, everyone's level of consciousness is going to come up. Everybody's abilities are going to come out, and they won't be able to suppress everyone spiritually. Uh, so, you know, especially in the medical field, we know about the physical body. You break a bone, they fix the bone. Actually, your body fixes the bone. They just kind of set it and let the body heal itself. Uh, they know about the mental body, you know, through psychology and this and that. Even though I, I don't agree with most modern psychology, a lot of the well, that's a discussion for another time. I mean, so much of the mental illness is actually attachments. Well, people, you know, screaming, you know, oh, get the voices in my head, the voices. Well, someone yanked the voices out and they won't be there anymore. So I'm a huge advocate for exorcisms for people screaming about the voices in their head. Uh, but they don't acknowledge the energy aspect yet, but they're going to have to with some of these changes coming and the way the healing types of things that they're going to be doing uh, very much like rife machines and uh, teslatron and a, a lot of things are going to be coming out and proving that they work much better than pharmaceuticals yeah absolutely oh something i was curious about i i didn't personally see it but on a stream earlier today with conversations with god uh, that we were doing like a book club discussion uh, someone was saying that Donald Trump's son had asked him about Roswell and he said he couldn't talk about it, but they were hoping that there would be full disclosure. Were you up? Did you know anything about that? Because I know that might be right up your alley. No, I, I didn't. Um, it was like the whole Area 51 thing. And uh, if anybody in leadership was ever going to have full disclosure, uh, he's probably one of the people that wouldn't care about what he says. <laughs> The problem is, I believe there's at least 16 or more security clearances over his head. Really? I thought the president yeah. had like full disclosure about everything. No, not even close. Uh, hmm. n nowhere near, near top security clearance. Oh, well, I guess I learned something new every day. <laughs> yeah, so that should, let, let me do a quick Google search, but I mean, that should put it into perspective of how much power the president actually has. Um. And, and if you're just joining us or if you've been watching, if you have any questions, comments, feel free to interact. Uh, we don't have a, a topic per se. We just kind of follow the energy and see where it takes us. And uh, I was excited to hear about his uh, court case because I only got like, I knew he got nothing bad happened, but uh, I didn't know all the details about it. It's sad that he had to spend hours there. That's not not fun. It was a 
a huge waste of time, but it was pretty interesting though. Um, uh, you know, getting to hear of some of the stuff going on in Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I, I found a chart of this. I'm not sure how true this is. You know, I've heard some of these, but they're so top secret, you probably won't even know the name of it. Um, President of the United States. Um, so there's restricted, confidential, secret, top secret, SC1, spe oh, uh, special compartmented information, um, unacknowledged special access programs, then there's 28 levels of top secret crypto. The president is at 17. Uh, and then above that, you go all the way to, to 28. There's, I, it's really a um, bad resolution. Something ZD27, Orbit, Triad, Cosmos, Astral, Stellar, Ultra, Luna, Cosmic, and Majestic. Uh, so that is the 10 top levels. Hmm. Well, so, the thing, I just looked up the news story. Uh, it was basically the sun saying, though, before you leave office, will you let us know if there's aliens? Because this is the only thing I really want to know. I want to know what's going on. Would you ever open up Roswell and let us know what's going on there? Trump Jr. asked. I, the <laughs> and then uh, the quote goes on that Trump responds. So many people ask me that question. The president said there are millions and millions of people that want to go there that want to see it. I won't talk to you about what I know about, but it's pretty interesting. But Roswell is a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. I don't know if that really says anything. <laughs> but anyway, it was interesting that uh, that that came up, though, earlier. Well, it, it happened, I heard, during Obama's uh, presidency as well. I believe the son of Will Smith asked about the aliens or something, and he said, oh, I can't tell you that either. Uh, so that was, But maybe that was, nobody wants to admit that they don't really know because they don't have the clearance. So they're like, oh, no, I can't tell you. They just play it off. I'm sure, especially now, I mean, the White House released the footage of UFOs. So I'm sure he at least understands well, Nixon made treaties with the extraterrestrials. So I'm sure that the president at least knows and understands that there's treaties with these different uh, races or nations of extraterrestrials. Very cool. All right. So what else is going on in your world? We don't have, we don't have a lot of comments or questions tonight. So we got to yeah. find our own way with what we're going to talk about. Oh, just uh, you know, living life on the island. Oh, I, I got so so sunburned up on Mauna Kea. I, I was, um, wasn't thinking, and I didn't wear a brim hat. It was kind of cool. I wore a watch hat, and my whole face got toasted. Actually, I'm kind of curious. With the You mentioned that the kahuna, you guys were stopping at different sacred sites and doing ceremony. Was it a particular type of ceremony? Like in the Peruvian tradition, we might do despachos and different things like that. Is there a standard ceremony for this type of thing at the solstice? Um, it, it would basically look like a despacho. Um, it wasn't fancy, but, uh, well, you know, they didn't make this. Well, I can't say that it wasn't ornate. They had um, things wrapped in tea leaf and kind of tied off. So they had like little bundles of offerings. They had uh, bananas they would leave. They had um, uh, poi on like the four corners. They'd put olena, which is turmeric uh, powder. They would put uh, kava. So those are their sacred powders that they use. Uh, so the olena or the turmeric uh, and the kava powder is kind of a standard offering that they use, sometimes along with the uh, alei uh, baked uh, red clay salt. That's also another sacred offering. And what and does the, there... Uh, Oh, I was going to ask, is there a particular... I think you mentioned that the name of the site, was it something particular that you called it? Like the different places that you were going? A heiau. A heiau. And what is that exactly? That is a Hawaiian temple. 
and are these temples like that are physically built or is it more like just spots in nature? Uh, they are sometimes a pile of uh, stones kind of uh, put together. Not necessarily like a pyramid, but some of them were like maybe six foot in diameter. Now, you didn't take any pictures of these, did you? Uh, the one I did. Actually, let me send you some of the pictures. Okay, cool. Well, then we can take a That's look at some of those. Usually you send a whole bunch of pictures to me before we go out, but today uh, you must not have had time. Yeah, it's it's I was running around like crazy trying to get everything done. Very cool. So, okay, there's go ahead and bring up your messenger here. Get ready for it. I just had this picture of you. You know, when we did the apprenticeship weekend, he was talking about how they were all just piling in the back of pickup trucks. I rented like a 15 passenger uh, van in order to drive everybody around to go to all these sacred sites so everybody could be together. And there's not like a ton of storage, but he brings this huge backpack and there wasn't like room for him to get in. So he's like crawling through the back and I can just imagine you trying to get into the pickup truck carrying all of your stuff. Or did you actually travel lightly for a change? Oh, uh, and well, I had a pack because I had to ride with other people. Uh, my Prius did make it to the top of Mauna Kea once, but I didn't want to risk it. It's got 200 and almost 30,000 miles on it. Yeah, and Angela was asking, and I think he's uh, looking for some of the pictures now. Did you take any pics when you were doing summer solstice ceremonies, pics of surrounding areas? Um. I can actually bring up pictures of some of the um, the Shaman Weekend here in a second, too. There were some people. Like, we didn't have a, an official solstice ceremony. We were just doing the Hatan Karpai, which is, it translates to the Great Initiation. And we were going to all kinds of different sacred sites to do these different energy exercises. Because in the Proving Tradition, the idea is you go to where the energy is naturally present. So if you want to... Uh, connect with the wind you go up to a very high point where you have a lot more wind if you want to connect to the sun you go to like an open field where the sun is really pronounced trees you go to the forest so it's uh and other traditions you do drumming and you journey in like the astral realm here you you go to wherever the energy is naturally present so but normally um on august 1st is a really big dispatch ceremony it's like earth day and they um well, I'll be doing a big dispatch on We might live stream it. I have to just check with Zane. I think he would be fine with uh, th that kind of stuff being live streamed, but I'll connect with him first before we do it. But there's like a huge dispatch you do with a whole bunch of symbolism from the clouds to the moon, sun, stars for the uh, like little starfish for um, representing the stars, glitter, confetti, birthday candles, all kinds of stuff that goes into it. Okay. Come on, Brian. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, you said a ton of picks now. Okay. These so aren't from last week, are they? Uh, all of these are from the weekend. Okay, here we go. We will bring these up. Okay, so is this one of them here? Uh. That is the um, that is Mauna Kea. That is the mountain. Well, that's the one you drove up to in the pickup truck. Yeah. So that cool. is looking at it from a distance. That's there's uh, Brian doing a selfie. Oh, you're starting to get wrinkles around the eyes, man. You're getting older. <laughs> kidding. Well, I'm not kidding, but it's uh, you're only as old as you feel. Uh, let me know when I get to eternally. Oh. Is that anything in particular? Um, no, no. Uh, keep going. You'll, you'll see the first one. That. Oh. There we go. There is one. So this is considered a temple. This is a little little rock pile, basically. And what is yeah. there? Sacred site. Sacred site. Is there a significance to this little wooden rack that's built above it? I don't know exactly. I, I know that it's uh, set up as a temple. The Kahunas well, didn't want to explain anything, huh? <laughs> um, well, no, no they, they didn't. Uh, we're just going from sacred, sa sacred site to sacred site. They didn't explain the wooden 
shelter over it, but most of them were constructed out of rocks. Uh, there's one megalithic rock that was a giant slab, and it was right in the front, almost like tree lawn of a bank. Uh, but most of them looked like the one that you saw. Okay. Let's see if uh, you have a picture of that monolith one in here. Uh, I don't think I got a picture of that one, unfortunately. You're slacking, Brian. I'm telling you. It, it was a rush. We went from one to the next to the next to the next. And uh, yeah, it was. Um, so this is cool. So you're on the mountain. You're looking down at a cloud. Am I looking at that right? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, the only other, yeah, yeah, normally I just see that. Oh, I, you sent me that picture before. Yeah, no, that was uh, not, that was um, Hilo. It's not, okay, there you go. Wait, I think you're getting into. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm back at the beginning, I think. Yeah, I okay. maybe, oh, yeah, check the second set. The second set. Uh, like in here? Yeah. Look at you with your little. Isn't that well? I guess I don't have a concept of how hot it is in Hawaii. That looks like it would be hot to me. Um. Well, that was at fourteen thousand feet, so oh, it wasn't fair too enough. bad. When the wind wasn't blowing, it was probably seventy-ish degrees, maybe sixty degrees. Uh, however, when the wind started blowing, it got pretty cold. Now, is this a, a situation where you have trouble with the altitude, or is it not that high, like where, if you were to go to Cusco? Uh, some people do have issues. Uh, you will get uh, some um, hypoxia. Uh, it, it's Any significance to this? It looks like a lot of kind of rocks in a... a Set and I don't know if they're really piled. Or is that just naturally how they are? That's natural, as far as I know. That's uh, natural. Very cool. Absolutely beautiful up there. Wow. Actually, in the last couple of pictures, I laid down in the dust there, and it was like the most peaceful stillness that I found. There's very few places that feel like that. I could have just laid there in the dust all day. <laughs> it was so still. It was so peaceful. Anything else worth? Looks like some of these are very similar. Let's see. Yeah, there's uh, the heiau at the top of the hill. Like there's a red hill. There, let me try to speed along to the end here. I'll close that. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Yes, that's the ceremony. Yeah. And so with the ceremony, did is it like um, calling in the elements, kind of similar to what we do in the South American tradition? Or what? how do they kind of open up and hold the space? Um, on a, well, yeah, we called in the different directions. Uh, uh, there was a... Uh, presence, you know, yeah, very similar to the Peruvian tradition. There was someone we called, but uh, we called them in and then they'd chant Aloha as we were blowing the, the shells. And there was uh, maybe a half a dozen of us with shells. Uh, the guy in the scarf, uh, the red scarf, the second one next to the guy with the white shirt, uh, at the lower altitude, it was awesome. He was wearing the traditional loincloth. <laughs> like he went full... There's everybody from like that to people in suits. Uh, so, uh, it was this whole cool mixed bag of, um, yeah. Very interesting. And I'll show you from our weekend here. Let me bring it up if I can. Oops, wrong one. Come on, search bar. Always when you do a screen share, it seems to slow the computer down. It's thinking. So that rock pile was the uh, heiau on the top of Mauna Kea. Gotcha. 
So that is where we all circled around and we did the ceremony and left the offerings there. And just bring it up. Should have a place for just photos. At least I thought. Here's some pictures here. So this is uh, at Fort Hill. Well, no, this isn't Fort Hill. Where is this? I guess someone just decided to take a video of the tree, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Holy Love Ministries, I believe. They actually are putting in a huge pavement uh, type thing. This is Whip's Ledges. We were going there to do all the the blending of energies between like the, the water and the sun and the wind and the earth and all the different combinations. This was Deer Lake Cave. We weren't able to go out to the winery, so we went to this cave. And you do a, a recapitulation exercise in a cave where you kind of go through all the all the memories of your past and you either let the heaviness that was created by them flow into the cave and if it or if they're light you just kind of embrace them and enjoy them and there's a little bit more to it than that but that's where you go with the cave and then we were connecting here with brandywine falls a waterfall everybody was spacing out here's a lake of tears at holy love ministry a place where you offer your heaviness to the lower world i'm not sure what just one this is I didn't take the picture, so I don't know what some of the people were looking at. Oh, there's me. Chilling with the sun. I guess that was it. I should have taken my own pictures, but I was kind of zoned out, as you can imagine, as when you start doing initiation work. Let's see. Oh, this is a, a little despacho that was being built that someone posted. We uh, learned how to do a special one to call in and work with the four guardians. And the four guardians are these entities that uh, basically were here before humanity that started to set the tone for life to be able to be possible on the planet. So you uh, bring them in to start connecting with them. Okay. Cool stuff. Next time I'll be more prepared with pictures because I'm just, they're kind of random what people post in here sometimes. Oh. That's Zane, that's my teacher, our teacher. Oh, uh, one of the students had gone out to Rocky River Reservation. They were looking for special stones called Huche Piche Rumis, which are these uh, black river stones that naturally have the ability to uh, take heavy energy from people. So they're, um, that's one of the homework items to, um, to go find. Oh. See yeah, my first set got stolen in my pack in Mexico. That was one of the things I was super upset about because I found them and handed them to Zane. And Zane goes, oh, yep, nope, they're natural ones. I was like, yes, I found them. And they got stolen. Yeah, that's the kind of the goal you're um – you're, when you're looking for them, you're looking for stones that naturally know how to do it. And if the, you don't find ones that naturally know how to do it, then whoever your teacher is on the path can um, – I think that was about it. Was that it? Oh, this is Holy Love Ministries. This is like, if for people who don't know, there's this little place um, outside of Cleveland on the western uh, suburbs or whatnot. It's completely off the grid. They got solar, they got geothermal, uh, wind turbines and everything. But this lady was a visionary and she uh, saw like these apparitions of Mary. And she just kind of followed her intuition and uh, this whole facility was built and people when there's going to be an apparition uh, come from miles and miles around. They have busloads of people come in thousands of people to see these uh, apparitions. I wonder if they got a picture of the they didn't take a picture where the statues are. Oh, that's oh, all right. I would I figured they did, but I can't talk. I didn't take any pictures. So yeah. Yeah, right. that place but, is amazing. Uh, well, I bet I, you. I can probably find it online and uh, bring it up. Hi, get back over here. Uh oh. What's going oh, on? The, the dogs are running around. So, Holy Love Ministries. And the first time I went there, well, one thing that's ironic is the, the lady who's considered the visionary, uh, she's Catholic, but the Catholic Church, I guess, when there's a visionary like that, they will not investigate it until the visionary has passed. So right now, even though it's Catholic influence, it's open to all faiths. They have like little uh, temples and things for different uh, um, religions like uh, Buddhism and things of that nature. Uh, but it's just kind of ironic uh, that they won't acknowledge it. Okay, I got their website coming up here. But anyway, when I went to scout out the 
the the location for use in the apprenticeship program. Uh, I, I didn't give much credence to the whole seeing Mother Mary or anything like that. And they have this relic room where apparently a hair from Mother Mary a ported in and they say it's like a relic for Mother Mary. And I'm thinking, yeah, right, you know, whatever. Uh, but they let me into this room, which is normally locked, and I got to go up to the uh, to this thing, and then all of a sudden I just got hit with this overwhelming sense of, I can't explain it. I just started crying. I was bawling my eyes out, and I don't know what they got going on there, but it's legit. <laughs> wow. No, I don't know. I never probably shared that story with you, did I? No, no, you didn't. That That's a new one. I yeah, did not. yeah that's, that's what I knew. I'm like, yeah, this is definitely going to be a place for the apprenticeship. But if you, you see in this little video over here, this is how many people come out when there's an apparition. And you see the in the background, there's all the uh, all the different uh, places where the cars are parked and whatnot. And you can, oh, here's a slideshow. We can take a look at that. Uh, let's see. We really want to see the statues because that's where we did the initiation. Oh, look at that. This is just like um like a heart halo type of thing in the sky that's kind of cool wow oh they, they have this most amazing chapel it's all white marble uh it's really something these are the statues in the back that's where like right in between them where the apparitions uh will appear and that's where we took the uh the people in the apprenticeship to connect with the upper world because they say that any church any church that you want to use is a waka it's an eye it's a place where all the people that are praying their prayers are being carried to the upper world so it's a place where you can naturally connect with the energy so um you go there and open up it works well when you have a place that has a male and female representation. That's why we typically use Catholic churches because you have uh, Mother Mary for the female uh, aspect of divinity and Christ for the male aspect. And you you just kind of um, develop the awareness of how they differentiate from each other. And then you have an exercise where you blend them together so you can um, use both of them. Let's see if there's any other cool pictures. Oh, <laughs> the first time we go out to the apprentice, uh, the year that Brian was in the apprenticeship with me, it's freezing cold and they have this water pump, which is like a, a healing spring. And he had somebody pump water on his head in the freezing cold. And he's like on his knees uh, chanting. And I don't know what kind of chant you were doing, but uh, it was, that, that was, yeah, that, 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 that was Brian's first impression of the group. And they're like, this guy's nuts. No, he's just a <laughs> because <laughs> it's like freezing cold like we're thinking he's gonna get frostbite but you can see all the way in the back of uh, there this where the two uh statues are that uh, we were talking about so many uh cool things but i think that's enough uh, and they have a whole bunch of different lakes on the property as well that are all have different things this is the lake of tears that's where we go to let go of our heavy energy and what what students don't know when we're bringing them through this is that it's really about um teaching their energy body how to do a, a energy technique called the Samen Jikui. So by opening up to the upper world energies, you're bringing in that Sami, that refined light energy. And by going to the statue, you're letting go of your heavy energy. And the combination of the two, you're energetically learning the energy process that they actually learn later in class. Their energy body already knows how to do it then. It's pretty cool. All right. So I hope we didn't bore you guys too much with all the pictures and everything. But Angela was saying, so beautiful. Wow, awesome pics, guys. Thank you for the magical pictures. I love them all. Very cool. Thank you for being with us. So any questions, comments, any place we want our conversation to go, because we literally have an open canvas to talk about pretty much anything. Oh, um, one thing that came up, I was uh, in a place, and they're playing rap music. Rap so music? Okay. Yeah, this is going to be a, a full uh episode we're gonna do a full episode on sex drug and sex drugs and rock and roll uh or we might actually it might be a series uh because it's it's a very important topic um but it's not necessarily rock and roll i years ago i worked in a place where a guy was listening to some hardcore rock and roll and so much of it openly alludes to uh satan you know, and like the darkness or demons and like, whoa, it's really dark. And, you know, like you, you can say, oh, well, they're just joking around. But no, it's really bad. Um, it, well, you know, that's a, a topic for another day. But 
the what I was listening to rap, it, they it's almost like isochronic tones. They have these repetitive tones at certain frequencies that numb people out into this hypnagogic state, and then they are you know putting all these messages in there, and so much of it is based on almost like sexual violence. Uh, it, it's really bad. Uh, the, the treatment towards women, the racism in these songs, and yeah, it was really bad. Uh, a lot of it is funded by the Department of Defense, though. Some of this music is designed to put people in a specific energy that they want them to. Well, but you talk about the music, too. Like, even besides purposely writing something for something like that, like frequencies have a huge impact on the body. And I know you were uh, you would always take the music you wanted to listen to and run it through a converter to tune it from 440 to like 444 or 432 because the impact on the body just from the, the frequencies and what it can, the patterns it makes in the body can have a huge impact on how you feel when you're listening. Oh, yeah. Can you look up the cinematics uh, for... Uh, comparing the A432 scale to the A440 scale. So wait, you want me to look up A432 versus A440? Correct. So uh, cinematics is the science of sound making a shape or a pattern. Uh, some of these ancient chants, Native American or Sanskrit chants, will actually create sacred symbols. When you chant Om. Uh, it will actually form the ohm symbol, is what they say. Uh, when you have the notes tuned to in the A432 tuning. So what the tuning means. The fourth A, or the middle A, is at 432 hertz. So when you tune your instrument or you tune your musical device to that, all the other notes are going to be corresponding in the rough Fibonacci spiral. Uh, when you tune to A440, again, it shifts the scale up by 1.8%, or I, I should say when you take it from 440, it's 1.818%. Uh, the symbols are, as you can see, the vibration of the A432 sound is intelligent. So in sound or sand, or um, uh, in water or sand, it'll create these vibrations which are intelligent. A440 just creates these unintelligent blobs. It's the harshest on the subconscious uh, mind, actually. It's discordant to nature. Uh, it was actually developed during the... Uh, the the, during World War II by the German scientists, a.k.a. the Nazi Sound Weapon Division, to create subconscious uh, harshness and kind of make people uncomfortable. Uh, so now when I listen to music that's not tuned to A432, if it's tuned to A440, it's very uncomfortable for me to listen. And it is for probably everybody. They just don't realize that it's making them uptight. It's making them uncomfortable but I'm now aware of it. When you listen to music tuned to A432, you don't only hear it, you feel it. It's really powerful. It's amazing. It takes beautiful music and makes it even more beautiful. I'm not sure which ones are which here, but this is, if you want to look up the video, guys, because I can't play too much of the video because we'll get hit with copyright stuff if we play too much because it's not fair use anymore. Uh, but you can, there's a couple of these where you can see how the water's reacting between the two different tones. And um, let me just kind of skip through. But anyway, you, you can see very clearly that there's quite a difference between the frequencies. And there's one, uh, there's a somatic plate. This is probably what you were talking about. Uh, is this it? No. There's one that has like a plate of sand that has a whole bunch of different frequencies that, uh, oh, there we, there we go, this thing. So they, this isn't just a, well, I have to look at the little commercial here. Let's close that. So this is called a somatic plate, and you basically put sand on it. And then this is 345 hertz, and you see it just makes like a four-pointed star. And as you increase in frequency, the patterns get more and more complex. 
so here we have like 3,975 and so on. So the, the moral of the story here is whatever music you're listening to, what it's tuned to, imagine if this is doing it to sand, like what is this doing to the water molecules of your body? And you really wanna consider like your music, just like the food that you ingest, you're ingesting tones and frequencies and just to be mindful of what you put yourself around. And this is why there's so much concern around like the 5G stuff and all that. This is just audible sounds. Like imagine all the effects of inaudible frequencies that might be impacting the body. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, how We've tried that experiment where I charge the water with the tuning fork, or I'm sure you've done it as well. And yep. it actually completely changes the taste and feel of the water when you just vibrate it at these different frequencies. So 5,444. That's a that cool one. Really so what's going on? They put dust sand onto this plate and it's vibrating at these different frequencies. So they didn't draw these patterns. The sound actually formed these patterns. Something kind of cool I've heard from the secret programs is they use that same theory to cast things, cast metallurgy in space. In gravity, we have a limit to what we can do with the shape and molecular shape of metals. In space, where it's in zero gravity, they can actually forge some of these things, apply a frequency, and it will align the molecules up in special patterns, creating super strength, super lightness, and other properties that you cannot get in the Earth's gravitational field. So that's part of what's going on up in space right now, foundries and uh, factories. Cool. And just uh, when you talked about space, it reminded me of this too. Astronauts, when they start, first started sending astronauts into space, they found that they were getting ill. And what they found they had to do is play an inaudible tone on the spaceships in the space station that is the Schumann resonance. The Schumann resonance is like a frequency between the Earth and the atmosphere. And they found that when you're in space and they're missing that, like they were kind of out of resonance with the Earth and they would get sick. So they actually played this, um, <coughs> excuse me, they play this uh, very this inaudible tone underneath it all, and they found that that helps the astronauts while they're in space. Uh, this other thing that I just brought up, this is called acoustic levitation. It was developed by the pharmaceutical industry uh, to, to basically be able to take liquids and combine them without any possible contaminants. But now that they, they basically levitate liquids using um, you have two, a sound frequency where two sound frequencies meet, it creates a note or a still point. So they would levitate the water in that still point. And then when they subject it to harmonics, uh, they found that the water would spin, it would make different shapes. So uh, this is what sound healing really does. When, you when you're when you like a crystal bowl concert or a sound bath and you have all these different frequencies, it's creating thousands, if not tens of thousands of still points in the body. And then the harmonics from all the different um, bowls and things is causing your water molecules to do all kinds of fun stuff so you can see this is like the third harmonic they oh, here we go second harmonic third harmonic it's making a three-pointed star fourth harmonic seventh harmonic but you can see like well that's a that's not the uh, a harmonic that's one like 440 what it would do but you kind of get the idea that uh, there's a basically sacred geometry happening in the water molecules of your body. And that's what makes sound healing so magical. And it's where the science bridges into the metaphysics. Yeah, that's Sorry. exactly what they're doing in space with the metals and other materials that they're crafting using yeah. that sound to guide them. So it wasn't developed by the pharmaceutical industry. It well, they definitely use it. <laughs> yeah, that's something that came from the projects like Area 51. We're talking about what are they doing underneath there. They're developing and reverse engineering a lot of uh, off-world technologies. Uh, and Angela was just saying that she knew there was a good reason why she quit listening to radio music. Though. That would be a good reason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if you, if you look back at composers like Mozart and some of those, they didn't always tune the orchestras to 440. They would pick other frequencies. So like you can it find... It 432, Bach, yep. Beethoven, Mozart. Um, even sometimes I talk to someone, they're like, oh, you used the bar Baroque tuning. I'm like, the what? But yeah, when you tune to A432, that's the Baroque tuning. So during that period of time and for a long time before and after that, they used A432. Even Tesla said to use A432. 
uh, it wasn't until World War II when the Nazis forced everybody to standardize to A440. Uh, so sad. What world would we live in if we had 432 this whole time instead of 440? I don't know. Don't know. Um, the Beatles actually had a song that was halfway in A432. Really? Which one? If you know. Let me. Oh, you got to Google it? We're relying yeah. on Google a lot tonight. <laughs> Beatles uh, song tune to 432. Uh, I don't know if that really helped. Although there's a YouTube video about it. Um, oh, you know, this is actually all the songs in a playlist. So they have like um, John, Lennon, John Lennon, Imagine, Hey Jude. They, there's a whole list of these. Um, the, the YouTube channel is actually called uh, Emerald Almira Judel. And I'm not going to yeah, play there's it. Actually, uh, quite a few on YouTube that are tuned to that. Uh, the program I use is Audacity. It's very simple. Maybe I can go through and uh, screenshot it or show you how to do that. Yeah, you actually, could, you you have the screen share ability on your side too. Oh, I do. Okay, you do. Uh, yep. Well, I'll, I'll figure it out some other time. Uh, but you, you, I don't have the music on the computer either to do that, but you drop the music into this, you import it in, you then go up to effects and then change pitch, and you can take it from A440 to A432 and export it in an MP3 file. I have this whole, um, I got it from one of the holistic shows. It's like you put your feet on this little wooden box and you plug it in and it sends sound frequency from a CD as a vibration through the bottom of the feet. And Brian took all the CDs, they were all good for different things, took them and converted them all to 432. And the people that used the 432 versus the original had way better effects. So just a, a personal firsthand experience of how much more potent or different. I don't want to say it's better, you know, but they were definitely having a better, a more potent experience with the, uh, with the device. Oh, wow. I don't think you shared that with me. I, well, I did now. It's been a long time. Wow. That's interesting. So it actually had a, a profound difference. Yeah. I don't, I didn't use it all that much like in general, but uh, the times that I did use it, people definitely had a better effect with it. It was kind of a cool little thing, but I, I have to set it up. Uh, my idea was I would have it out in the waiting room while I was in between clients. If you got there early, you could just put your feet on and, you know, get zapped a little bit with whatever you were looking to do. But, very cool. So, so much and, of the little stuff affects us in our day-to-day -day life, and we don't even realize it. It's not until you realize it and you pay attention that you start to be able to pull apart why you're feeling certain ways. Um, and especially the 5G. People are getting headaches. People are getting nauseous. People are getting confused and foggy thinking. There's all these terrible side effects to 5G. And I feel it every time I drive into the 5G zone, I start to fog out. I get a terrible headache. I can't think. I get nauseous. And I know why. I know what's going on. But for people that aren't aware, aren't paying attention, aren't going, oh, I'm in a 5G zone. That's what's going on. They have no clue. They're just feeling under the weather today. Well, do you remember when you were here? I think... I was driving and we were out in like Elyria area. I think we were going to Crystal Air or something like that. And all of a sudden, like I was driving, I got super distracted. I, I almost was out going off the road. And I realized afterwards it was because we were going by one of those big, uh, I don't know what you call it, like where all the uh, wires come together and meet. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, it was just like frying my brain. And like, if I know it's coming, like I can kind of energetically uh, shield myself a bit. But if I get blindsided, it's literally like running into a wall getting disoriented. You were like buzzing. You're near manic. It was... Yeah, it shoot. was not good. Um, Angela was asking, how do you find out where the 5G zones are located? Is there a map or something online? Uh, or There is. I, I forget what it is right now. Uh, but yeah, there, there's, uh, you can Google it or probably better to use the other search engine, but yeah, go, go ahead, search it, see what you can find. Uh, there are maps that show you where the towers are, not only where the zones are, but where the towers are. What's the other search engine? Is there one you recommend? Uh, DuckDuckGo gives you unfiltered results. Okay. Or what about Dogpile? Is that still good? I, it used to be uh, one. 
I don't know. It might still be good, but I, I know DuckDuckGo is kind of the go-to, especially if you're using like the Tor browser. That's anonymous. So instead of using Google Chrome, you use Tor. And if you have a VPN, that makes it even more anonymous. And that's the way you begin to start to access the deep web and the dark net and get some oh, real information. That, that, that could be a whole another episode of, out of itself, probably. Uh, probably. Okay. Well, we're coming up on an hour. Any questions from anyone that, that we could dive into? Because I actually have a quiet first thing in the morning, so I have to be a little bit more mindful about uh, staying up too late. <laughs> so, But we'll see if we have any questions. And if not, we can end like we do normally with just a little bit of uh, healing. So we'll see, give a minute or two to see if anybody has any questions coming up. How is your... Uh, have you got to talk to your son or see your son recently? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I wonder how I knew that. <laughs> well, good to know. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, let's. Um, I'll just open the space real quick, and then I'll let you do what you do. Okay. You, yeah, that sounds great. What I will then, do today is share the energy of Mauna Kea. Sounds good. And then I also have uh, two tuning forks that I'll use because uh, I forgot my crystal bowl at the office. I was using that earlier. But I have a crystal tuner. This little guy is 4,096 hertz. It's good for entity removals. It's good for clearing blocks like in chakras and energy centers. And then uh, a little Neptune energy, which is a planet frequency. So I'll play both of those uh, once we open the space here. Yari Pachamama. Ompui, ompui, ompui. Ahaya. Mama Uno, Mama Kocha, Ompui, 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 Yari Mama Kia, Ompui, 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 Ahaya, Waira, Ompui, 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 Yari Inti, Inti Taita, Worki Inti Taita, Ompui, 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 Yari Quichikuna, Ompui, 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 Yari Wiracocha, Ompui, Ompui, Ompui. All right, go for it, Brian. Close your eyes and just kind of sit back and relax. Just feel the power and the energy of the mountain coming through. Imagine being transported to the top of the mountain with the hot sun and the cool breeze, the stillness of the mountain, the power of the mountain. Iari apu manokea naiki and naiki and naiki arpi chai sonkolai. Iari pachamama and naiki. Iari mamakocha mamakia mamuunu and naiki. Iari worka wairakuna and naiki. Iari worka inti taita and naiki. Iari quichikuna and naiki. Iari wirakocha and naiki. Arpi chai sonkolai. Thank you, Brian. Love yeah, thank that. You. Actually, that would be Manoke would be a Suyu Apu because people come from all over the world to see it. So, Yari Wilka Suyu Apu Manokea. Thank you very much. And we'll be back 
next Tuesday for another episode of Midnight Meandering. So we hope you join us then. Aloha, everyone. I stole Brian's word. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everyone.